for Northwestern. Pat Fitzgerald cannot do anything. It rests on the foot of Lane McCallum, who made one earlier in the game from 35. Three seconds left in regulation. We're tied at 10. Snap down. The kick is up, and the kick is good. Here's Lane. Huskers win it 13 to 10. They beat Northwestern and go to 4 and 2. Yes. I'm so happy for Lane McCallum. Wow. What a game. This team had to dig deep, Greg. A lot of injuries. This is a really good defense for Northwestern and Nebraska had to try to find a way in the fourth quarter. Lamar Jackson with a big interception and McCallum knocks it through and Nebraska moves to four and two on the season. What a game. All right. And after that, you, sir, Lane McCallum, you should never have to pay for another drink in Lincoln, Nebraska again. Uh, unfortunately, you should probably never kick a uh, field goal ever again in Lincoln, Nebraska. But, uh, you know, as they say, all's well that ends well. And the game ends with Nebraska beating Northwestern 13-10, to 10, uh, improving to 4-2 and two on the season, and 2-1 and one in conference. So, like I said, all's well that ends well. It was a sloppy game. But uh, I think at this point in the season with this team, uh, a win is a win. And it's kind of just a survive and advance uh, mentality with these Huskers. So, um, we'll take the win and uh, move forward. But uh, just kind of going back over the game, um, you know, sitting in with me as always, we've got the coach, Drew Burson. Uh, to my right, we've got Zach Raby, QB1. So, uh, Drew, why don't you uh, just give us your general overview of what you saw Saturday night, what you liked, what you didn't like, uh, just kind of what you saw out there. Yeah, so um, from the game I saw, I saw improved play by the, line, by the offensive line. I think their pass protection was actually really good. Yep. Um, Adrian Martinez continues to struggle to make decisions. He's really struggling to read a defense and get the ball out of his hands. Um, to be honest, I'm starting to question whether he's going to be able to get it done at a high level. Um, I think Dedrick Mills played well. I think Wondell Robinson once again showed out. Yeah, he did. Showed Made up and showed out. Great cuts, great vision. I've been saying it the whole time. I love him at running back. Uh, I think our defense was solid. And, uh, you know, we're moving in the right direction. We're, we're winning games when it comes down to the wire, and it's tough. Yeah. And congrats to Lane McCallum, man. Yeah, learning how to win is definitely a uh, skill set, especially in close games that uh, this team, and uh, especially last year in Frost's uh, career here at Nebraska, has been struggling to do. So uh, it's another win. It's another close win in conference. But, uh, Zach, uh, what would you think of what you saw out there Saturday afternoon? Well, uh, throughout the game, you guys heard heard from me plenty, yep. um, as did Twitter. Um, <laughs> I have a lot of a lot of thoughts on on what I saw. Um, starting with the bright spot again, it's our defense. Unfortunately, um, keeping as, us in games. They are uh, aside from some some we'll call them miscues uh, when defending the read option. I feel like they played over uh, well overall. Overall, yeah. Um, now that is against a putrid Northwestern offense who has done almost nothing positive all year, yep. but. Still holding a team to only 136 yards passing is, is impressive. Absolutely. Lamar Jackson and JoJo continue to be the heart of our defense. Cam Taylor. Cam Taylor, too. Yep. Um, you know, they made some, some big plays down the stretch that ultimately impacted the, uh, the outcome of the ballgame. Right. Um, in addition to those two, it was good to see Mo Berry back to his old self. Man, he first was, time this season. Yeah, yep. he was flying around the, uh, the field make, uh, being a ball hockey game. Made some big plays this week. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then also kind of a, who had a sneaky game, sneaky good game was Darian Daniels. Yep. Six tackles, one being for a loss. You know, that's tough to do as a D tackle. But, um, you know, definitely some bright spots in there. As for the finish, um, I know some people may claim that interception was the result of a missed pass interference. Yeah. Uh, 
But you that know, call it. yeah. You know what? After all the gut punching, rip your heart out losses this team has endured over the couple the last few years, you know, I would tell those people to shoot over their concerns to Pat Fitzgerald at hashtag I don't care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> His uh, famous email address there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, it probably clearly was a uh, pass interference there on uh, Will Honus. Um, but you know, there was bad. You know, yeah, there's bad calls all, re- the, all game. Referees across the Big Ten and in the NFL continue to have a rough season. Rough past couple seasons with uh, it's a hard job man it it is it is i mean you know they compensate them well but uh yeah uh it is what it is and it happens but uh we benefited this time from a uh, missed call and uh you know we'll take it you know we've been burned on a missed call what about the big 12 championship game exactly (laughs) so we've seen our plenty of uh, bad calls go against us so it's good to have one go uh go our way and to walk out of there with with a win i mean you know after Seeing the kick live, I 100% thought it was blocked. 100%. And don't know how it wasn't blocked. And then you go back and you see some uh, kind of still shots of the video. And it slides in between two dudes' arms. I mean, Really? I still wasn't even convinced it wasn't blocked. Yeah. It came out weird. I think it may hit the side of the guy's arm or yeah. whatever. Because you kind of heard it hit something. Yeah, but, it had a weird roll to it. Yeah. You know? um, but, you know, as Frost said after the game, he's like, I'm pretty sure I could jump higher than uh, kick the ball. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, you know, shout out to the kid, you know, uh, yeah. uh, Nebraska kid coming in and uh you know he went two for three and that at the end of the day it was the difference in the game uh in a hard-fought defensive struggle i mean uh northwestern's offense is complete garbage but uh their defense is yeah, you know is their defense is a top-notch defense so um to go in there and you know get 300 yards i mean the week before they held uh wisconsin to, to 246 yeah. they're the, and they're the 10 best points. team they're the best team and they play jonathan taylor before last week, they were the only team to hold them under 100 yards twice. Yeah, so uh, the Northwestern defense is av- as advertised. I mean, they're a very uh, sturdy bunch. And, you know, I don't know if our offense and play calling gave uh, did us any favors against no. their defense because they were basically sitting in a zone, keeping everything in front, and up, in front of them, coming up, making tackles, making plays. So, But that's where having a ball player like Wondell Robinson is a difference maker. Exactly. At the end of the day, uh, and even on that long, what, 40-plus 40, 40 yard touchdown, he broke. Oh, Yes, yeah, 42 um, yards. It was um, the goddamn uh, defensive end was in his face in oh, the yeah. backfield, and yes. he had to give he him a little jump cut. Yeah, a little jump cut field. back and side, and oh, yeah. uh, and then it was clear sailing from there. But uh, oh no, he, he made that play. That was vision and running back ability. I don't think Terrell Newby. I don't think other running backs we have in the past make that same play. No, I mean that's just a a ball a playmaker making a play. Oh yeah, he's and, the real uh, deal. You know, and it was the ended up being the difference in the game. Um, obviously, he also had the catch coming down the sideline yeah. to set up the field goal. Um, oh yeah, he's a ball player. Yeah, but uh, you know the off the offensive struggle still seemed to uh, continue. Uh, we're six games into the season and still seeing a lot of the same issues. I'm not going to get too in depth on the the snapping. It's fucking terrible. Yeah. It's pathetic. So many shitty snaps this year. Yeah, I mean it's we're One beating a dead really horse. Pissed, two that really pissed me off. Though. Yeah. One, we ran a quarterback sweep to the left. And we snapped it high into the right. right. We're, mm-hmm. we're screwed from the beginning. Yeah. You're snapping it high into the right, and we're running a sweep. Our timing is off. Yep. Come on, man. So um, that continues to be an issue. Uh, offensive line play. Um, I, I mean, disagree. Just, I think our offensive line played better this week. Our pass protection was good. Yeah. But our quarterback was so indecisive. And I'll get into that later. All right. But he's pissed me off. Um, but just uh, continuing on the offensive struggles theme, uh, I had jotted down a couple things of uh, the four things that – 
which one do you guys think is the biggest problem for this Nebraska offense? Is it the offensive line play? Is it Adrian Martinez being indecisive? Is it the play calling? Or is it the receivers, the lack of ability to get off of uh, coverage? And uh, and honestly, they're blocking downfield isn't uh, up to snuff either. So, Zach, which one of those four do you think is the biggest bugaboo for this Nebraska offense? I mean, as you always say, it always starts. Everything starts up front. Starts so in the trenches. I'm going to go with offensive line because – this snap thing has got to get figured out. Right. And now we have other offensive linemen, a captain, Farino, calling out Forniak, yep. Jurgens for for the snap, saying it's unacceptable at this point in the season. Right. He needs and, to hear it though. He needs well, to hear it. And yep. then and then we have Greg Austin, the offensive line coach, coming out today or yesterday and saying a bad snap is on the whole offensive line, right. which I think that, is complete BS. Yeah, How like, does that no. make no one else to touch the ball? Yeah. How does that make sense? He also said uh, he also said that uh, uh, Jurgens problem snapping isn't a technique issue it's a fatigue issue it's like i don't i don't know what i don't know what cam jurgens has on this nebraska coaching staff for him to be keeping his job he's clearly got some pictures of somebody doing something they shouldn't because there's no there's no reason for him to still be issue yeah first drive you're as fresh as you're going to be in the first drive so you're telling me you're getting two gas and warms yeah that's complete bs so it just it feels just like a lack of accountability um from from the coaches and from him i mean it's just like they keep covering for this guy and we all want him to do well i mean as a nebraska kid we all want to see him do well but at the end of the day he is he is uh he's not getting it done he's causing problems there needs to be something done about it and it can't be just keep coddling i mean for greg austin to come out and say it's a uh, fatigue issue bullshit jesus bull fucking shit i can make a better excuse i have no idea why they keep covering this for this guy but they do um besides that you know um drew what do you think is the biggest uh, thing for this offense why they're not getting off the ground i feel real i feel really strong about this it's taking you know it's taking every week building into this but I'm going to say for sure, number one, Adrian Martinez. Yeah? Okay? What are you seeing from him? Man, he is super indecisive. There are times, like, we're talking about, are the receivers a problem? No, man. No one's getting the ball. They're open. He's yeah. not reading it right. He, I don't know if he's too much in his head, but I'm telling you, he's sitting back in the pocket. The ball's not coming out on time. Right. And then he panics, and he scrambles, or, like, he scrambles, throws the ball away, and he's not playing smart. There was a play where we're on the right hash. It's third down. He gets the snap. Yeah. He gets the snap. And he looks downfield, takes forever, could run for the first down, doesn't, could roll to the left. He has all the green grass over there. Instead, he rolls the right, throws out of bounds. Yeah. He he looks like, unfortunately, when uh, Taylor Martinez was quarterback and after his freshman year and he blew up and all this Heisman talk, I mean, it looks – and then I think the following years, Taylor Martinez came out and tried to prove that he was a passer. So he was like, oh, dude, I'm more than just a running quarterback. And that's what it feels like Adrian is doing where he's like, I'm not a running quarterback, dude. I can throw the ball, which he can throw the ball, but it's like – mechanics are fine. He can't get the ball He's an average quarterback throwing the ball. What makes him a, a, a Heisman candidate is his ability to throw and run. And so it's just his indecisiveness to make a decision. And it could be – uh, you know, you said uh, Adrian Martinez, but, uh, but it, is it an O-line issue because he's, one, getting a bad snap, so he's used to getting a bad snap. I mean, I've seen him jump for the ball when he didn't need to because he's yeah. just so used to yeah. it. And then other times he's, uh, the pocket's collapsing on him. You know, when that stuff starts to happen, you're, you're starting to see a pass rush that is, isn't even there sometimes, right. you know. You're so used to seeing it that you're just uh, assuming that it's already happening. Zach, uh, as a quarterback, is that, I mean, is that something that happens when you're getting hit uh, and getting bad snaps so many times? Are you starting to see the pass rush that's not there when you're getting attacked like that? Well, yeah, you're re- reacting to something that's not even happening because it's just become a habit at that point. It's happened so many times that 
you know, you're you're in your own head. And I think that again, that's where it starts is is that first snap. And right. you know, if if you're if you're more concentrated on that than what the defense is doing and where your players are going and having to make whatever read, yep. um, it, it's going to throw you off and the play's not going to be the same. Yeah. yeah. Hey, can I go back to why I think Adrian Martinez is the big issue? Yeah. Which, because my number two issue is the play calling. Right. But because of Adrian Martinez's inability to make the right read and play decisive, that's altering Frost's play calling. I was charting the plays. On third down, he ran the ball most of the time. Yeah. Because he's afraid to let this guy throw a pick. When we were in the red zone, he ran the ball up the middle on third and long. Just on third and 11. I mean, I think uh, our only third down play is QB is clearly the QB power, QB draw, QB, however yeah, you want yeah, to call right. it. Uh, or inside zone to the running back. To the yeah. Side of the field. So it's um, – I think, you know, I tweeted out this week that uh, Frost uh, was going with the Herman Boone uh, coaching mm-hmm. philosophy, you know, six plays like Novocaine, just give them time, they'll work. Yeah. It's like – it's like it's but time I think to. That's how he thinks. So, like, I think in his pure heart, he wants to open it up and go wide open. Right. He trust him. But it's like uh, if you charted, if we charted uh, the first six games of Martinez's throws, how many of them do you think were thrown over ten uh, yards down the field, air air yards? Five percent because they're yeah. all in the flat. Exactly, right. they're all within four yards of the line of scrimmage. It's like we have to be able to stretch the defense. It's yeah. not even about you know hitting the bomb every time. It's just about getting them back because Northwestern was sitting in the goddamn zone, keeping everything in front of them, and right. the safeties don't even have to be that deep. They're at 10 yards because we're not throwing shit over fucking 10 yards. But so here's the thing, too, it's about like zone come, come a, up and make the tackle, which yeah. we all know Northwestern, they're going to be an assignment sound and come up and make make a tackle. So it played right into their hands defensively. Oh, yeah. So but From an offensive standpoint, if you know they're in zone and you're scouting, every yep. zone has a strength and a weakness. Right. So if you can – scheme them right and get them into the coverage you know by your formation or motion yep. then you know the answer to the test if they're in cover three yeah hit them in the but they the know that it, well, i think it was more they knew the answer to our test i agree no i agree i so. think we we somewhat figured it out in the second half because yeah. we started going to that wheel route right um, saw something there and it was a really cool concept um on that on that whole play because the, uh, the one where we, we, we did miss Noah, um, but... Yeah, it, that was, was one of those ones. This was sweet, though, because we motioned Wandale over from the left to the right to make it trips on the right side. Outside receiver runs a skinny post. Noah ran the wheel route, and Wandale ran a little bubble. Right. Yep. And it just puts the corner and safety in no man's land because yep. he's on it's the called safe. a switch route. And so... You make I, him wrong. And unfortunately, Martinez did miss that throw. He hit the first one. I'm um, not surprised he missed And the then Vedral hit... Uh, Wandale, I, yeah. I, it wasn't the exact same concept, but later on in the game, it yeah. was that wheel route again yeah. on the sideline. Yeah, and the one that uh, Martinez missed, I mean, and that was one where he had a clean pocket, oh, had yeah. time to throw, and just short-armed it. I mean, it hit uh, no in his damn uh, shin. So yeah, right. that was, you know, that's a play that was 25, 30 yards that we missed there, and that's what this offense is lacking, the big plays and the inability to run between the tackles. Um Mo Washington was suspended for the first half of the game for What's he doing? Disciplinary, disciplinary reasons. Uh, not not surprised, unfortunately. He only yeah. appears in uh, half the games anyway. Exactly. And then when he gets in, he's getting hurt. I mean, right. he's either getting hurt or he's scoring touchdowns. I mean, right. he, uh, he's the definition of all or nothing. So <laughs> the, last two, I mean, the last two games, he has 12 touches for 18 total yards. Yeah. He, had he had negative had, one yard in, yeah. in the last game. Five carries, negative yeah. one yard. I mean, it, he's a home run but hitter. That, or that's terrible. also a fucking scheme thing because yeah. Frost had him running between the tackles. He's right. not running yeah. between the tackles. Wandale can run between the tackles. Mo Wash cannot. Yeah, exactly. So it's, you know, speaking of Wandale, Wondell. Wondell, I mean, once again, won uh, Big Ten Freshman of the Week for the second time in three weeks. Um, Zach, is he already our best player offensive defense? He's overall our best player already. Is that 
Is that accurate? I mean, from what we've seen so far this season, I, I, you can't say anything but yes. I mean, he's the guy that's going to step up in the big moment and make plays for us as a true Wants freshman. Wants that ball in the big is, moments. Yeah, he's clutch. Which is awesome. And, you know, he's going to be, you know, vital for us down the stretch and in the future. But, you know, we got to be kind of aware of, of all that he's taken on as far as, you know, it's game a lot load, of touches. You know, yeah. Yeah, he's getting a lot of touches, and he gets hit really hard. Sure does. In a yeah. lot of different hey, plays. And so, yeah, Drew, do you think he's uh, our best player already? 100% offense, absolutely. Def- yeah. I mean, overall, you know, I think JoJo Doman's up there. Yeah. You know, but offense, hands yeah. down, he's our best player. Yeah, I mean, without him, we definitely don't win this We're game, and we, def- and we definitely don't win the uh, Illinois game. No. So, uh, you know, it's, it's good to see a freshman, a highly touted freshman, come up and clearly live up to the billing. He's got better know? running vision and a feel for the run game and wears open way ahead of football iq lucky is was. through the rough for that like, guy Martin lucky five-star recruit Wondell's yeah. far and away and he's, better than and he's really mature too which is yeah. a good thing you know yeah. not like we see with Mawash, obviously absolutely so um the offense you know struggled but uh you know limped to uh 300 plus yards which like i said uh uh, uh northwestern hadn't given that up in conference play yet they held you know wisconsin to 246 so um defensive wise defense did their thing as usual um like you said, Dorian Daniels, he had his breakout game. Yep. That guy was uh, constantly in the backfield uh, Saturday. Um, you know, the thing was, what I've seen through for him from him the first couple games was he was basically just eating up blockers. And then this game, I saw him, like, getting skinny, turning his shoulders, yep. and getting in the backfield, and he was wrecking havoc back mm-hmm. there. Um, it was good to see him get loose. And then, Zach, your boy Mo Berry finally showed up this season, had his breakout game. He's up for National Player of the Week. What would you see from Mo Berry out there on Saturday? Well, just he was finally eating. He was, yep. he was flying to the ball. He was making tackles. All he was over getting the field. fired up. And this is kind of a, the feel-good moment of the week here. Um, but he was awarded the Brooke Barringer uh, Memorial Scholarship this week. Yep. Um, and right after that happened, two things happened on Saturday. Played the, the best game of the season. Our backup QB comes in and wins the game. Right. So I think I speak for all Husker Nation. I say thanks for continuing to support our team, Brooke. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for watching over us. Yes, absolutely. So but no, he was he was awesome. Um, you know, we talked a little bit of uh, last last podcast about how his next big play was going to be his first, and sure enough, he made two huge plays, <laughs> yep. stops to uh, to force him to punt in a row on the same yeah. series. So, yeah. and but the funny thing is, we even text about it. You know, yeah. we text each other about yeah. it. Right? They're like, "There was his first one." Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're ten minutes into this podcast. We haven't even mentioned that uh, Noah Vegel came in in the third right. quarter and. Uh, uh, you know, steadied the ship. Um, not that it was too shaky. It just, you know, he came in and played serviceable. Yeah. Um, he looked decisive when he was ready to run 100%. the ball. Um, and at the at the end of the game, made the throw down the sideline to yeah. uh, Wandell to set up the uh, the extra or the uh, game winning field goal. And then a uh, very underrated thing was um, they were trying to get the ball to the middle of the field, and they were going to take the timeout. And he at first he went over the middle of the field and looked like he was just going to nail it right there. And then saw he could get some extra yards. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of yeah. went through the hole and jumped for like an extra forward. Probably got nine yards on that play. And as we all saw that uh, game-winning field goal, we needed every last bit of uh, every yes. single yard and every single inch to uh, pull that one out. But um, Yeah, that's, uh, a, that's an unspoken. I mean, that was a really heady play by him. Yeah. That's the difference and then he also made a heads-up scramble and yeah. got out of bounds on the yeah. right side of the mm-hmm. field there too. And Yep. Yeah, he he looked like he just came in and you know just yeah because you never know what you're gonna, you never yeah. know what you're going to get with the backup mm-hmm. and he he did his part and I think we all feel pretty comfortable about our quarterback room I mean the one play uh, 
uh, Vedral's helmet came off. And yeah. without without fucking the coach having to call, um, McCaffrey was helmet on, strapped up. He was in there. By the time Frost went to turn to look for him, McCaffrey's already in the huddle oh, calling yeah. the play. See the third string quarterback so ready to get into a game. <laughs> that was yeah. awesome. That I was mean, awesome. crunch time like yeah, that. Yeah, just I mean, it sucks to burn one of his redshirt games yeah. for one play, but uh, it was it's good to see a guy as a true freshman being that aware, that ready to go. That it's like, oh, I saw his helmet come off. I know the rule that he has to come out for a play. I'm ready to go. I'm in there before the coach has to turn and look. He doesn't right. have to call a timeout to get me in there. And it, just, t- it tells me as a coach he wants to play. And I guess yeah. he looked. O- uh, he was standing next to a bunch, and he looked over, and he was like, I'm going to go in. And yeah. Bunch was like, yeah, go, go. <laughs> it's you. <laughs> and he wasn't scared to ran the ball either. He's fast. Bunch is like, I've been yeah. there. I don't, oh, want, yeah. I don't want he's, that He's slow. got some speed. <laughs> he's got some speed. And he got crunched up on his head, and he was fine. Yeah. Yep. Um, the one thing that continues to uh, just, I don't know, bamboozle me, I, I, I can't figure out – is about the lack of rotation on both sides of the ball, um, offense and defense. I mean, we hear about these guys all year in camp. I mean, I know it's a lot of just media hyping up, but, um, you know, there's a lot of guys that haven't played great, and we haven't seen other guys get in to get a look. Have we seen McQuitty? Um, Have we seen right? Vance? I mean, exactly. Where are the freshmen at? Where, where are the freshman receivers? Where um, I think we saw Braxton Clark get in there on uh, – Yeah, he got a penalty, and he was in on special He got teams. a penalty, but he also he had – He, he, he did play. have a play. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ramirez Johnson. Played again. I think he got all of one snap. Yeah. Miles Jones, one snap. Woodyard, one play. Um, it's. I mean, is Frosch just going with the guys that he trusts um, or the guys that know the playbook? And I, I feel like he's got his guys. Yeah. Frost has his guys. Um, I just, I don't know. I want to see, I want to see more people. people. Is, is it a such thing of a, a gamer? Is a gamer a real thing? I'm going to say 100% gamers are real. Right. I've played with dudes that looked like shit in practice. Yeah. And when the lights turn on a game day, they're another human. I've right. never seen them before. Exactly. And I, I, that's, I also have that same mindset that a gamer is real. So it's like Give them a chance. whether they're not, you know, balling out in practice, being the best in practice – when we have so many people strugg- struggling on offense, why it's like, not? why? what's the downside of giving a guy a couple looks? Well, I, I, could, I, think, I agree with you, though. I, I think, think you give come, him a look. I think it comes down to, like, what a pivotal point in the game and really the season it was. Yeah. Um, you know, when it's that tight of a game and, you know, the smallest margin for error can yeah. determine everything – do you really go with with a guy with zero experience? I hear or do you, you there, go, but I mean, throughout the duration of this the season, game? throughout the duration of the season, there's been times we could have got guys in, sure. we haven't. Yeah, yeah. yep, I 100% I agree. agree yeah. But yeah. in that moment, I think that. Well, yeah, I don't want Miles Jones in in the last play yeah, of the game, yeah, yeah. but yeah, I'm right. saying. I'm saying there's times when we could have put him in and we didn't. Yeah. And I don't know why. And sometimes young guys, you know, they're too young and naive to know mm-hmm. that it's a big spot. Yeah. And they're just hey, just out playing football, you know, right. just out playing football. So, um, you know, I, like I, I want to see Ty Robinson get out on the defense yeah. line. The defense line is, uh, like I said, kind of underwhelmed me on the quarterback pressure. Um, you know, it's yeah, but it's a three-man front. We know going in that they're not going to be right. And I feel like we're running a lot more like a base where we're basically um, the three-man front plus Alex Davis, and that's the whole rush. And it's like sucks. Alex Davis is just a guy. Yeah, like he is. He looks like a monster, oh, but he does not play fast. Yeah, he, he got is, frozen so bad on yeah. one oh play. Oh my god. Yeah. It's <laughs> but like, do we have that guy yet? Do we have that stud? I don't, that's why. Every that's, week. did play yes, really good. That's why I think that you know we to get after the quarterback. 
Um, I think we need to run some more blitzes, which yeah. we did the first couple well, of games. You we know were bringing our best pressure play is that nickel blitz or that or that boundary corner blitz. We've get JoJo coming every in every time. Yeah, well, so it's just I don't know. I I feel like the blitzing has. Uh, steadied and calmed yeah. down a little bit yeah, I'd like I would to see, expect to see a lot more against Minnesota yeah they're very susceptible mm-hmm. to the blitz and they've given up a lot of sacks already this season mm-hmm. so it's just I don't know I want to see a couple I more agree. guys get in there get a look yeah um but remember Diaco's defense god they pissed me off yeah you never blitz ever you're rushing three you're getting shredded every time right um I guess you know seeing the game I think uh you know I got up early and watched game day and then um Watch the uh, Michigan and Iowa game, then our game, and I—I I mean, football was set back about twenty years uh, <laughs> between those two games. I mean, the Michigan Iowa game ended ten three. Uh, just a completely—I mean, yeah, you, th- Stanley- I th- you know, when people talk shit about the Big Ten, like those two games on Saturday on Fox were what exactly people talk about, like. If I wasn't rooting against Iowa and I wasn't rooting for Nebraska, like I didn't have a rooting interest in any of those games, I'd be fucking furious that those were the two games to watch I on think, television. I think Fox Sports came to all the teams and told them to boycott points because Dish dropped him. Yeah, yeah. it's I, it's something going on, but <laughs> the powers uh, that be wasn't uh, wasn't a big time uh, scoring yeah. explosion on no. Saturday. But Stanley Iowa threw three picks, so at least they were throwing the wrong. Yeah. He just couldn't complete them to the right team. Yeah, and I think they jinxed him because they're like uh, Iowa comes into the season with uh, only one turnover. It's a fumble. Stanley's got eight uh, eight touchdowns, no yeah. picks, and then they had three picks and two fumbles. And so. we didn't have any. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yes, our first clean game of the Scott Frost era. Not Suck one, Iowa. not one turnover, and you know, uh, at the end of the game, the pick by Lamar Jackson. I mean, the turnover that ended up being the difference yeah. mm-hmm. in the game. So, did you guys know that Cam Taylor leads the nation in forced fumbles with four? He came up and was smacking really? fucking people and, pretty good. Oh, he's a good I mean, ball last year in the Big Ten. Four forced fumbles led the conference yeah, for the whole huge. year. Yeah, that's a, that's a and lot. And he's already got four halfway through yeah. the season. It's the most uh, since uh, Barrett Root yeah. so at Nebraska. What a guy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, he's flying around. I mean, a couple of times he came up and hit the dude. It was just such a – just a, just yeah. a sound. I, I was going to say, though. Dismuke has been yeah. bringing Thank you the for wood. bringing that up. So, I think Dismuke has been like um, like an undervalued piece of our defense. He's made a couple errors. You know, he yeah. gave up that long touchdown against Illinois. But man, he's came to play every week. He's getting better and every yeah. week. He is getting better. Um, week. And Boodle, I think, had a really good yeah, game. Boodle and he uh, back. our corners had a good game. And you know, when your corners are playing playing good, that uh, you know makes it easier on the yeah. whole defense. Well, so Boodle got called for that pi in the fourth quarter. That was the ball was uncatchable. Because, right, it was because Carlos Davis destroyed <laughs> their quarterback, and he got called for a penalty right. too, which. He hit him while the guy basically stalled the ball. Yeah. So. I think we've all liked uh, the way Lamar Jackson's kind of shown up uh, at the end of last season after being benched and then oh, yeah. starting this season out. It's been, um, it's been well documented. I was the biggest hater yep. of Lamar Jackson for the first two and a half years of his career. Right. Absolutely hated him. Pissed me off. The man is playing awesome. The guy, uh, you know, it's what you like about college football. It's a kid that, you know what, came in with high expectations, um, you know, got to play right away and didn't quite live up to him um, and actually was playing below. Right, wasn't doing it the right way. Yeah, was playing below standard and got benched and didn't, you know, pout and go home. Uh, yeah. The guy got better. And now I just saw the latest CBS uh, sports mock draft. They've got this motherfucker going number 17. Number 17 to the Carolina really? Panthers. 
Panthers. Damn. I mean, granted, on paper, uh, he's definitely on the all-time. Oh, Todd McShay. Yeah, Todd yeah. McShay doesn't even have him in the top 50. Yeah. 4, 4, 40. yeah, he is on – he's first-team All-American, all-bus. Uh, yeah. But he's you playing know, like it now. And he's going to get drafted in the second or third round mm-hmm. because just off measurables. I mean, remember when Bare Stanley – uh, yeah. Stanley Jean, Jean Baptiste. Baptiste. Yeah. Like, When's the last time that guy played a snap? Yeah, I don't know. Fucking um, – but – with the measurables, he's going to oh, get yeah. drafted. I don't think he's a first round pick, but it was he just good. Go that it way. was just good to see, like, oh shit, you know, they're projecting you know, this guy at number seventeen. Adrian Martinez could probably learn a thing or two from him, don't you think? Yeah. So it, you know, you just got to keep learning, get, getting better. Yeah. Um, don't give up and keep fighting. Yeah. Okay. So like outside of the defensive line, which I think we all think is above average, I, I don't think it's great by any stretch of the imagination. But what else does Nebraska do good at this point in the season? It's a hell of a question. I mean, right. Wondell well, Robinson with the ball, but think, that's not defense. I mean, like unit-wise, what do we? Do we uh, I think we think we could stuff the run between the tackles. Yeah, uh, we can't stop the run on uh, right going wide. That's just linebackers are a little yeah. slow. Linebackers it, a little it slow. comes back to what we've said in the past, though. We just don't have an identity. It's something yeah. different every week. There's yep. not any sustained success at any yeah. certain area. Exactly. Have, it's like one week the uh, linebackers play yeah. good. The next yeah. week the D-line plays good. The next week the DBs play good. It's right. like there's no consistency. We just need to put it all together. Right. Right. I mean – Six games into the season, um, the offense is yet to play four quarters. Oh, yeah. Is this something that that is going to continue, or do you see subtle improvement, or do you think this is what our offense is in 2019? Well, I think – I mean, I think we can be better. I think our output has been horrible in comparison to how talented we really are. Right. But when we talked about play calling earlier, too, you know, Frost's mantra is no fear of failure. Right. Well, I feel like that's not how he's calling the plays. I think he's afraid to fail. He's I, very conservative. I feel – Yeah, I, and I, that's I, not his natural state in the way he wants to call his but offense. Then, but then you see glimpses of what, yes. what the offense can be. I mean, look at that uh, – it was like a fake zone read, yep. shovel pass to Wandale that broke it up the middle. Like, yep. that's that's the type of things you think of when you when you look back at Frost at UCF and what he was going to be bringing here. Right. And now, like, we, we see it occasionally, but it's, it's not like it, – it doesn't – Speak to what our offense is. Yeah, yeah, and it, yeah, it's really frustrating. We're inside zone, I mean, outside zone, flat. Yeah, that's throw it. to the flat. Throw to the flat. Yep, five yeah. yard loss. I think it. You know, I think our quarterback play has altered our play calling. You know, and Frost is not living by his own mantra. No fear, fear, fear of failure. Right. I think. I think he needs to. I don't know. Maybe switch up the quarterback position. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, am I the only one that feels that last year's team at zero and six? Would beat this Looked team better. Like, yeah. to this point. It it way more like, to be four and two and last year's team at zero and six, like somehow, I felt better about last yeah. year's team at zero and six. I, I agree. I mean, just they were more dangerous. They yeah, were more explosive. The offense just looked good. You know, last year the defense was kind of the issue, the main yeah. issue. Right. Um, and then this year, you know, when your offense is the main issue, it's just uh, not very stimulating on the eyeballs. Right. Um, you know, the biggest difference between last year's team, and this year's team, clearly. Uh, the I difference between Zigbo and uh, Stanley Morgan having having a guy on the outside that you can throw a fifty fifty ball to, and then having a big bruising running back that also has breakaway speed. Yeah. Um, which do you, if we could take one of those guys and put them on this year's team, which one would it be that would be the most beneficial for us? Having Morgan on the outside or having a Zigbo be able to run the ball? I think I think Morgan on the outside only because we haven't had that great of output from our receivers. I think. 
our running backs are serviceable enough. Like, Azigma was awesome, and he's better than what we got right now. Yeah. But I think our running backs are good enough that we would benefit more from Morgan on the outside. Yeah, yeah I would I would agree. I would say Stanley Morgan. We're missing that big-time receiver yeah. on the right. edge who's above six foot tall. Right. Uh, yeah. JD's doing everything he can. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, – well, How many 50-50 balls have we thrown this year? One, that one at the end yeah. of the first half Noah, in the corner. Noah. And that was basically the end of the first half. Fucking, I'm yeah. throwing it to throwing the corner of the end zone. Exactly. It. I'm throwing this ball no matter what. Yeah, yes. and I mean, I feel like we almost have – Another Azigbo, just ready to, to to break loose with with Dietrich Mills. You know he's yeah, got another. He's gotten better every. He's week. got another year next year too. Yeah, so yeah. I think we're going to see him really transform into more of an Azigbo oh, yeah. type player going forward. Yeah. I like what I've seen. He started off shaky, but he's gotten better every week. Yeah. See, I think that's where I differ from you guys. I think that uh, I think Azigbo is the difference because. We, ha- we haven't been able to run between the tackles all season, not yeah. once. So when you're able to run between the tackles, one, that opens up the pass game, obviously, because sure. it's going to keep those linebackers wanting to come up and plug. Um, and I think that we'd all agree that we at least have some talented at skill or at wider – some skill at uh, wide receiver with, yeah. uh, you know, uh, Wandell and um, uh, J.D. Spillman. So it's like those two guys we know can play. For At sure running will. back, I mean, you know, I think we think that Mills is getting better. At the end of the day, the guy's averaging 3.2 yeah. yards I mean, per Wondell carry. Mills is still our best running back by far. Yeah, so it's like we have a guy that's five foot seven, a buck 75, buck 80 as our best running back. You think that's going to hold up in the Big Ten? Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't think no. so. I don't think Anybody so. Anybody ever heard of Barry Sanders? That was big. Yeah, big exactly. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about saying, we're talking about once in a lifetime <laughs> I know, guys. I, know, I think that I having a six foot, yeah. fucking two hundred and twenty five, two hundred thirty pound running back that can also run away from you, hundred percent. You know, uh, I think that would be the biggest benefit. Bit yeah. to this uh, really, team. Those are at, called four and five stars. We don't yes. get those here. At that I point, just get though, three stars. Still. Yeah. At that point, I would take either one of those guys because those guys are better than anybody we got on the team right now. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's... Um, and if you got a Zigba running back, you can move Wandel to receiver and we still got him. Too. Exactly. So, it's, uh, it is what it is. I think that this offense isn't like, oh, they're getting close. I think what we've seen out of this offense through six is what we're going to see from them for the rest of the season, unfortunately. Um, I do... I, I hope... What I see on Saturday is I'd like to see Vedral get the start. Hell yeah! Um, not not I'm not calling for him to be uh, Martinez to be benched, but no. I think that if he's not 100, percent even if he's 85, percent I think we give Vedral the start yeah, see and got. see what he's got. And you know Martinez is there as the emergency guy. And best case scenario, uh, Vedral goes in there and plays plays a decent game. Uh, comes out there with the, the win. Yeah, manages the, the game. Manager, right. Exactly. And, but he uh, looked razor sharp. I mean, he was decisive. That's yeah. what we need this offense. I think, you know, last week we talked about um, uh, putting Vedral in. And I think that um, it would just give Martinez a better perspective yeah. from the sidelines, right. man. It, it just give him like, okay, this is how the offense is ran. Okay, this is what I'm missing. This is what's happening when uh, I'm missing the, snap, or the snaps going this way. Like just seeing it yeah. from a different perspective for one game I think would – and then the next week we have the bye week after yeah. Minnesota. So it's and like it if out. we can – you know, if we – I think you still give it back to Martinez when he's healthy. Yeah, he hasn't He hasn't done enough to lose his job. But I would just like to see – Vedral given the chance. You know? I agree. I'm Plus, not calling for a change in quarterback or anything. I would just like to see him get the chance if Martinez isn't 100%. And I think that would, you know, one, do a lot of good. And I think the team would rally around him on yeah. the road. And it's going to be – it's going to be a cold, uh, snowy game Saturday. I think a strong run, run presence. Uh, we get the job done out there. It's going to be a you know three yards in cloud of dust type yep. thing. Uh, field position, punting. Uh, you know who commits turnovers or whatever. So Taylor, I think I one hundred percent agree with you on the quarterback thing. Yeah, 
But also, too, iron sharpens iron. Give right. the guy a little competition. Yeah. If you're not looking behind your back and competing, you just think it's yours, yeah. I don't know if you're going to make yourself the best you can be every day. Yeah. Well, yeah, and Martinez, for the most part, played with a nothing-to-lose mentality last year. Right. Yeah, and, right. And so I feel like he's just kind of entered into a little bit of a comfort zone. He's Yeah, that's he's, why I'm, yeah, he and, needs a little pressure. Yeah, Pressure's and, good. Competition's yeah. good. It might be good for him. Um, who knows? That's yet to be determined. Yeah, but. Right. I have no real opinion on this because yeah. I'm with Taylor. I want Vedral to start if Martinez is not 100. percent Right, you get a different look. I have players on my team that are hurt, and now they watch from the side. Like, damn, this is what you yeah. guys are talking I about just, the yeah. whole time. I hope the decision is made for the right reasons. Right, that's, exactly. that's all I, I hope. Agree. Exactly. So, but he might Martinez might learn something from watching a guy that's been mm-hmm. novice yeah. for an extra yeah. year. I mean, do you think it's an indictment on Nebraska's offense that Martinez is the leading rusher on the team? No, I don't, because I think there's just too many asterisks in the whole. Yeah. The whole. You know, conversation because you got Mo Wash who plays plays maybe half a, a half a game. Wandale didn't time. play yeah. running back Dedrick, at first. Yeah, Dedrick Mills kind of struggled early, right. um, and then yeah, yeah, Wandale didn't play running back early. So I don't know. I think that if that continues and we we're still here in three four weeks, then yeah, that that might be not good. I think right. what it, I think <laughs> what it depicts is that we're do whatever we got to do week by week to try and win the game. So yeah. one week it's Wandale, one week it's Diedrich, one week it's Adrian. Right. No identity. I yeah. think, yep. yeah. Um, and I think that uh, Diedrich Mills' game is this game coming up. We travel to Minnesota, as we talked about, that it's going to be shitty conditions out. It's the highest 38 for the day. Oh, They're calling for snow. I mean, you know, Mr. Row Your Boat is already talking <laughs> about, oh, we've got our guys uh, putting their – hands and ice buckets to get them cold and we have uh turned down the ac in the uh, practice facility to 50 degrees and you know all this so like games like that it's a you know it's a it's a fight in a phone booth you know yeah. so it's like just you know toughness on toughness like the offense linemen pin your ears back and we're we're uh, gonna be run blocking come off the ball and like i said it's gonna be a fight in a phone booth and i think that kind of game sets up for Dedrick mills to have his breakout game because it's not gonna be I mean, we might, like, yeah, cutting the outside. Yeah, Mo Washington, you know, like he's not built for this kind of game no. where it's, uh, I've got 25 carries for 101 no. yards, you know, you just like hit hard where I'm just getting, and... yeah, I'm just getting three to five but yards, carry, three, s- five, three. I you know. will say if Mo Wash and Dedrick Mills are both in the lineup, and one's at fullback and Mo Wash at running back, you motion him out to trips or yeah. doubles. Now we got something going. One yeah. of Mo Wash's best games last year was at Iowa. Yes. Yeah. And it was colder than shit yeah. there yeah. as usual. But so. his big play was coming out yeah. of the backfield yeah, uh, along yeah. the sidelines. Because you're playing that phone booth so much that you motion that and, running back out. Yep. Now he's in the open yeah. field. So it's uh, – it's uh, we're traveling on the road. Minnesota sneaked in the top twenty-five in the coaches' poll at number twenty-five. The last time Nebraska went on the road and beat a uh, top twenty-five team, anybody? Penn State, two thousand eleven. Penn State, uh, mm. the game, the first game after they fired Joe that Paterno. Was a awkward thing. Oh man, yeah. So to we s- stopped him cold in the uh, midfield. Yeah. Quarterback or no? That was before him because he before. came in with uh, the coach from Houston. Yeah. Was it Matt McGloin um, then? Might have been. It could have been yeah. McGloin. Yeah. So it's been since 2001, since uh, 2011, excuse me, since uh, Nebraska went on the road and a beat mild, a top a 25. Eight years. Yeah. But, I mean, you couldn't ask for a much better chance. Oh. I mean, Minnesota has uh, – they're 5-0. and I mean, so they found a way to win the game. But uh, they've got some pretty impressive wins over, uh, you know, South Dakota State. They eked one out. Uh, Fresno State. Georgia Southern, Purdue, and then last week they got they got right and uh, whipped up on Illinois late. Um, so they're five and zero. Uh, four of their five wins have been one possession wins. So, but that tells me they're competing till the end. You know, they're yeah. not going to go down without a fight. Yeah. So yeah. it's uh, if 
if you're going to get right and get a win on the road against a top 25 team, I think you ca- you can't ask for a much better candidate than Minnesota. Yeah, it's still going to be a huge challenge for this team. And, and quite honestly, this game worries me more than any game that we've played so far this year. Yeah. Um, you know, like you said, Taylor, they started off the season a little shaky, but they they started clicking last game. And, you know, they got – they they've got a great uh, crew of wide receivers. They got a couple probably of the best trio backs. in the uh, the yeah. country. We have, or, we you have know, to come arguably. out solid and play play sound football if we want to steal this one. So yeah, um, with, you know, with the uh, conditions being uh, probably pretty shitty, what, what do you guys think that benefits more, uh, Minnesota or ourselves? Well, I think them because they're actually preparing for it. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. I know that it's all you know bells and whistles with PJ Fleck and he, right. he, he says what he wants has to say with the media to oh, kind yeah. of get the clicks or whatever but Big theatrics <laughs> I mean to me they they asked the same question to uh to Walters today and yeah. he just said we're not doing anything about it it's just a mindset right yeah. and to me I don't know I know it's small things and they probably are doing things right. but to me it just it screams that like they just they don't really they don't care as they're much. not adjusting they're not, they're not they're adjusting just like, we're they're doing just, this they just feel like Oh, and we're not good enough to yeah. go and beat a team like Minnesota on the road, right? Or just show up and we need to be doing it. everything. Yeah, possible. Every, yeah, we, we need to try and get every advantage. I, I know yeah. some of that might be a waste of time, but right. at the same time, you got to at least try and prepare your team for for the elements. Yeah. Plus, yeah. Minnesota lives in Minnesota. I mean, they're more acclimated than we are. Right. Another thing, though, I think honestly, I think they a little bit have the advantage because they have better power runners. Right. Our runners are not great inside runners. Right. Wandale's is pretty good, but yeah. you know their running backs are legit. Rodney Smith's an NFL caliber running back. Yep, he's a good player. He's averaging 100 yards a game. He's he's like an Azigbo type player. He's shifty, but has some speed. But yeah. runs. Really I mean, hard. and he's a fifth year senior. The yeah. guy's got Captain. over 600 total carries in his career and over 20 touchdowns in his career. So he's a tough. Uh, the guy's been there. Um, I think it. I think it's a slight advantage to Nebraska solely because. I think the strength of Minnesota's offense is their wide receiving core. They're yeah. throwing the ball down the field. So in games like that where, uh, you know, throwing the ball is going to be a little bit more uh, of a challenge, I think that kind of takes away that aspect of it. Yeah. And then if you, you know, games like this, you know, snowing, you know, may snow on the ground, slip or wet, you're going to be trying to run the ball. And usually you're going to be trying to run the ball up the middle, which I think we'd all agree uh, stopping the run up the middle would be Nebraska's yeah. big, biggest strength. For sure. So I think uh, as – you know, unfortunately, it might be our biggest weakness on offense is running the ball up the middle. Um, I think it just helps neutralize uh, Minnesota's one big thing that they have, those uh, trio of wide receivers. Well, and what else worries me, too, is uh, they rely pretty heavily on the play action, yep. um, the RPO, mm-hmm. and that puts the linebackers in bad spots a lot mm-hmm. because they, they run, they'll, they'll, they'll run, it they'll, the run, run it, they'll run it, they'll run it. I mean, it's a, it's a pro, pro style offense oh, yeah. for the most part. And they're, they like to uh, play action pass and just hit those crossing Quick routes over the middle. And, stuff like that. and that's going to have our linebackers running all over the field. That's where the weather will help us, though, because they might not be able to throw as well. Yeah. yeah, I just hope that we don't see, like, you know, Tyron Ferguson out there trying, oh. to, trying to guard uh, <laughs> in space, Tyler yeah. Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's a nightmare yeah. matchup for us, and it's not going to end well for anybody. No. Yeah. They have a right tackle. Uh, just that side YouTube? note, they have nice. a right tackle who is 6'9", 400 pounds. Uh, last year when I went to the game, uh, you know, we sit behind the visiting team sideline, and I saw that motherfucker up close. Huge. Yeah. Huge. He gets those fucking meat hooks on you, dude. It's like, that, like playing in the phone booth with that guy? Yeah. It's like uh, he gets his hands on JoJo coming off the edge. Or, yeah, I love JoJo. Uh, Minnesota, yeah. Minnesota is a Big Ten team. They have like 18 offensive linemen yeah. on their roster. Yep. How many? You know how many of them are uh, under 300 pounds? None. Two. Two. Mm-hmm. 
295. Yep. Yeah. So, um, right. the receivers, they, the Minnesota offense has been living off big plays. There are three receivers, got 12 touchdowns between the three of them, and they're averaging over 18 yards per catch. Um, you know, it's a big number. Yeah. I don't, you know, if you go back and or go over and look at our wide receiver stats, pretty pedestrian. Well, we're throwing I mean, the flat every play. Yeah. So, exactly. <laughs> uh, we're definitely not averaging 18 yards a catch. So, no. uh, it tells me that they're taking some shots down yeah. the field. So, um, you know, I think uh, I, I like our corners. Um, unfortunately, they've in the past have been susceptible to the big play. But um, I think we got our swag back, though. Yeah, lot. well, exactly. It only takes one play, you know, to get you feeling good. You know, one big play, one, you know, one pass breakup, one big hit to uh, get you feeling good and get your head in the right space. So and Tanner Morgan, he's played yeah. extremely, extremely well this year. He yep. leads the Big Ten in offensive efficiency and he yep. leads the Big Ten in passing yards. Per Weird, because he was a true freshman last year. And now he's not I mean, in the sophomore he, slump. He's yeah, a, he's over 70 percent. Yeah, passing. 70 percent completion rate. When was the last time Nebraska had that? Never. Martinez was oh, close wait. last year. He was last 67%. Now, option days, we were 46 to 50. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and then uh, Morgan, he's got 13 touchdowns to three picks. Yeah. So, as opposed to Martinez, at seven and five. Mm. So, their their offense is moving. They're clicking. They, uh, I mean, you can out clearly ask the question, well, who the fuck have they played? Nobody. Um, and just on paper, Minnesota looks good. You know, I'm just going through the stats. It's like, okay, they got oh, yeah. receivers. Um, averaging 250. Exactly. Averaging a hundo. Yeah. Uh, you got – you know, maybe one of the best corners in the yeah. conference, uh, Antoine Winfield yeah. Jr. His dad um, was a stud. He's a stud. Exactly. So it's just like on paper, Minnesota looks really good. But I guess, you know, I've watched two of their games. I watched their very first one. Yeah. And then I saw the uh, some most of the Illinois game. And it's just like, well, I'm not, the numbers I'm seeing on paper aren't matching up to what I'm seeing on, on film. So... It's gonna it's gonna be a test. And Nebraska Let's needs hope that to be that plays out this week. Yeah, Nebraska needs to be completely dialed in to go in there and get this uh, win because oh. you know they're the underdog. They're coming in at seven point dogs, seven and a half point dogs. So it's um, I don't know. It's gonna be a tough task, but um, you know I think it's doable. We haven't it, put the ball on the ground the last two games either. No, so yeah. knock on wood with that. But yep, so. um, that's that's definitely uh, gonna be a yeah. play a big factor in the game, especially with the with the weather and the elements. Yeah. And it's With the uh, weather and the elements, though. What about our shitty snaps? That makes me a little concerned. Uh, I, like I said, I'm done talking about that shit. I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm just completely How, fucking all right. I'm just gonna center? assume right now that it's fixed. Okay. Right. Yeah, exactly. Also, I'm not <laughs> gonna put a fork in it. Till yeah. next week. Not yeah. to get back on Cam Jurgens and the snaps, but another question: How the hell do you fall start as a center, but you don't snap the ball? You're the only guy that snaps the ball. You. That's what. What's that? What's that tell you? What's that tell you? What's that tell you? Yeah. He's, he's thinking too much. He yeah. all over he's the place, fucking yeah. thinking too right. much. He's thinking too much. His feet went, but he didn't snap the ball. That so. was the most peculiar part. Because usually when a center fall starts, I mean, he snaps the rock. You right. Know? He lunged and didn't snap, and I'm like, whoa. Yeah, it's uh, it's incredible. It uh, is. But, you know, between the snapping game and the kicking game, oh, that man. is like, are, we're a major D1 team, and this is what the fuck we're running out there? Like, they don't do this at UNK. Right, exactly. They don't do this at fucking high school teams. Right. So it's like snapping ball is a very fundamental thing. Um, but whatever. At the end of the day, we're 4-2. and two. Feels clearly better than 0-6 last year, at least yes. on paper. 4-2 and two is great. We still have a chance to accomplish things that we wanted to in this, coming into this season. Um, you, I mean, you can make the argument that Nebraska is maybe three plays away from being 2-4, and four, yeah. and maybe they're three plays away from being 5-1. and one. Right. So it's, you know, to be 4-2 and two, – I'll take it. You know Hell the way yeah. the way that Nebraska came out and played this year. I think to be at four and two is a uh, that's a huge victory. Is a blessing. Yes. So 
it's uh you know it's gonna be a tough game and I uh you know there's a lot of good games on this weekend but uh I I look forward to seeing this and how Nebraska responds to the elements the competition and just you know when you move to three and one in conference dude you you know you're getting there especially heading into a bye week you yeah. know it's like perfect then you come back and you've got uh, two more beatable teams Indiana. Indiana and Purdue mm-hmm. I mean Purdue's Purdue's more beat up than us. Purdue's terrible this year. So it's like, and then a bye week after that before you head into the last three games stretch against Wisconsin, Maryland, and Iowa. So it's like, you get this win, man. I mean, it's you. Yeah. You got to be feeling good about yourself. So, I hope the guys show up. I hope the coaches cut them loose, and I hope it's nut know, cutting time. Yeah, it's nut cutting time for the Huskers yeah. Saturday. So I guess uh, I just what do you guys what do you guys expect to happen out there Saturday? Uh, final score wise, what do you think we're gonna come out and do? I don't. I don't. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't feel very good about this game. Yeah, I feel like this is a game um, that we've we've seen this episode before. We go in there and I I hate to say it, but I don't think we're going to get it done. Huh? I, I don't know. I think that I think that you know we're going to be the biggest challenge that they've faced all year. Yeah, they're five and zero, but they played lesser competition. Right. Um, I think that you know we have the ability to win if we play a clean game. I know that's cliche, and you can say that every week, but right. if we play a clean game, the just stats bear out. When Nebraska plays a clean game, yeah. we win. Absolutely. So. And I think we have enough talent to beat these dudes. We definitely do. Now we're on the road. Conditions are bad. Right. We got some dysfunctional offense. But, you know, truly I I don't know. I could, you know, people might hate this. But honestly, I kind of hope Martinez is just too banged up to play this week. And we get to see Vedral and he just operates the offense like a surgeon. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, I want to see just us come out and look better on offense. Yeah. I mean, win, lose, or draw. Like, I just want to see something more out of the offense. Uh, unfortunately, I'm with Zach. I, I don't feel great about this game. I feel okay. Um, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Definitely I'm, low scoring. I'm seeing something, you know, in the 24 to 21, 13, 17, 13, 14, 14 something like that. that. Uh, I just – I have lost complete faith in this offense uh, and the play calling, unfortunately. Yeah, um, it's just a um, – I, I, I don't have any confidence in the, the offense. The reason why I harp on Adrian Martinez so hard, though, is at the coaches' clinic, we got to take a look under the hood a little bit of right. how the plays work. And their pass plays are similar to Oklahoma where the receivers have a two-way go, mm-hmm. right? So you're either going to run like – for example, a receiver, if he can get over the top on the DB, he runs like a deep post or a go route. But if he cannot break the cushion, then he snaps it off on a comeback. Yeah, And I feel like – you know, that's how Oklahoma runs it. That's how a lot of these really high-scoring offenses are running it. And I think it's our quarterback's inability to make those decisions. Yep. And Oklahoma having a Heisman winner every year. Well, yeah, but yeah. their offensive plays make it work. Right. right? I know. Yeah, because, you know uh, unfortunately, Martinez would probably be winning the Heisman if he transferred to Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So, well, I don't know, though. Maybe not. Yeah. I guess if he got coached up and could throw the rock to the right guy. But, yeah. you know. I mean, because – I'm just gonna. We're not gonna get into it again. But uh, <laughs> uh, like I said, we're going into Minnesota. We're seven point dogs, um, which transitions us into uh, you know our favorite uh, segment of the week, um, our gambling picks. Uh, last year was a little off week uh, for for me. You know, I dipped below that professional level. Went two and four last week. A uh, couple close games. Uh, my lock, Eaton Crow. Yeah, yeah you Eaton know Crow. my uh, you know my lock of the week, uh, Auburn. Against Florida. That's twice now I've bet big against Florida and it uh, hasn't panned out for me. So I'll you can't be get on the right side of this guy. Yeah, I will be staying away from them in LSU this yeah. week, even though it's a very big number. They're 13 and a half point dogs. You to know LSU. the minute you bet on Florida, though, they're not exactly. Gonna and That's I, how this I just won't do it. It's like so, Zach, you want to go into how you did last week and what you're seeing this week as far as uh, the lines? Yeah, uh, three and three again last week. Yeah, what's that taking you up to for the season? Um, it's around the same arena. Because I was right under, 
right under 50% last week. Yep. Um, I think I've gone every every week I've gone three for or three and three and then one week two and four. So right. I'm right there. I'm hanging in there, you know, just, you know, doing doing what I can do. But um, to get us started off with picks, um, obviously got to start with my my Maction pick of the week here. Loves his Maction. Again, it's not actually Maction, um, but it's early week football, and I love it. And Old I midweek have, football. I have the Appalachian State at Il- or at uh, Louisiana Lafayette. I got App State Pick'em. I love those guys. Currently, crazy yes. on defense. Uh, currently, it is 10-7 as yes. we record. 10-7, um, to 7 and the over-under on this game was... Um, 70. Yeah. So, a, wish uh, I would have gone unders. A true degenerate, you know, gambling <laughs> on the <laughs> Wednesday night games. Yeah, well, oh, yeah. Hey, I looked ahead, and like week 12 <laughs> is when Tuesday night action actually oh, starts. Right. So, um, we got that to look forward to. Um, next one Colorado at Oregon. Mm-hmm. I have over 57 and a half mm-hmm. in that one. Um, Oregon hasn't put up that many points, but no. I feel like uh, Herbert's going to get them back on track. They're going to they're gonna get some, something going there. Um, Got to take this game, Oklahoma at Texas. Um, I have the under seventy five and a half. Yeah, um, it's a lot of points, but I just I, f- I feel like with the rivalry there, there's going to be some some turnovers and things that right. prevent that from going on. Um, USC at Notre Dame. I have Notre Dame minus eleven. I'm still fairly impressed with what I saw with them against Georgia, and I'm not impressed with anything USC's done nope. thus far this year. <laughs> Um, and then I do have the Florida at LSU game. I have under 54 and a half. Oh. Um, might be a little bit of a defensive struggle, as a lot of SEC big-time games are. Right. Um, and so I like that number. And then last but not least, hurts me to say, Nebraska at Minnesota. I have Minnesota minus seven by and a half point because okay. I just want to. Well, um, I had some of the same similar games to you, different bets on them. Uh, the Colorado at Oregon. Uh, Colorado's plus 21. Um, mm-hmm. I will take that every day of the week. Uh, Oregon is not beating people like that. So um, Colorado's obviously a decent team. So um, I'll take the 21 And uh, as Colorado goes into Oregon. Um, and then we got Maryland uh, playing Purdue. Purdue, I, as we talked about, has lost a lot to injury. Maryland, they're you know they're peaks and valleys. I even mean, with their quarterback being out, though, yeah, Jackson's out. Yeah, even uh, exactly because Purdue's got more out, and they just yeah. haven't showed any yeah. signs of life this this uh, season. Yeah, so Maryland also destroyed Rutgers. Yeah. last year. So, so yeah. I like Maryland yeah, minus yeah. three on that. Uh, Alabama and Texas A and M uh, for somehow somehow Texas A and M's. Uh, in the top 25 for some reason only well i know why because, because they're in the sec yep. uh they they're three and two uh their three wins are against complete nobodies granted their two win our losses are against you know top five teams but so preseason polls shouldn't be a thing exactly um uh, I, I like alabama minus 16 and a half i think uh they beat them pretty handily and then the usc notre dame game i like notre dame also i think uh i think they still a dark horse to make the uh final four so i like notre dame minus 10 and a half and then uh, this week's uh, Blood Bank lock of the week is <laughs> Penn State Ooh. at Iowa. Nighttime in Kinnick Stadium. Place is going to be rocking. They're breaking. They're breaking out. They're breaking out the. Uh, they're breaking out the. Uh, the alternate uniforms for the game. Oh, and God. wear your sunglasses. Yeah, exactly. And just what I've seen from Penn State, they they appear to be one of the most athletic teams in the country. I mean, they've got dudes 
all over the field. I think they go into uh, Kinnick and uh, run it up on those fucking guys um, and give Hannah Iowa their second conference loss of the season, which uh, clearly makes me happy. Boo fucking Fuck boo. you, Iowa. So, Drew, <laughs> give us your picks. All right, so we're going to start off. So last week I was three for six. That's uh, serviceable. I'm not going to say my season tally because we're still well below the Mason-Dixon line. <laughs> um, so, yes, I'm struggling a little bit here. Long season. We're going to start with Syracuse at NC State, plus four and a half. I like Dino Babers. I think uh, they're going to get it done. Another yep. one. This one might, you might scratch your head at. Rutgers plus 27 and a half at oh, Indiana. Geez. we got a pillow fight here. <laughs> uh, you know, but I think, you know, it's a big point spread. Indiana sucks. Rutgers sucks. You know, they might lose by 26. Two bums duking it out. Two bums. They might fall down and score a touchdown in an accident. Right. I think they can cover 27 and a half. Yeah. Then I got Tennessee at home plus seven versus Mississippi State. As we've talked about it, Tennessee sucks ass. Terrible. They've got a new quarterback. He fires a rock down the field. And great uniforms. Yes. And the checkerboard end zone. I love right. that one. I got ASU minus one at home versus Washington State. Basically a pick em. Mike Leach has called out his own team in terms of being not tough and not finishing. So That's I like him. ASU here. Um, then I differ with Taylor here. His blood bank lock of the week. I'm actually going to take Iowa plus three and a half. Uh, I think they always play tough at home. Yep, they I do. I think they're fundamentally sound. Penn State's the flashy, sexy pick. Everyone's going to be high on them. The point spread's going to go up. I think they're going to have a letdown. Are you okay. even from Nebraska, man? Right. I know. Exactly. It hurts me to say it. Here, we hate on Iowa. That's all we do. Hate, 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 hate on Iowa any chance we get. Ah, I hear you. So. But i got to be true more than the hate for Iowa. Yeah. So do I hate Iowa? Yes. But am I yeah. picking them today to cover the point spread? Yes. Yep. Now I think A.J. Epinesa, they're, uh, you know, they're fundamentally sound. They kind of had an off week last week. I think they have enough. Enough fire and enough fundamentals to cover the spread. Yep. Because, you know, good teams win, great teams cover. Always. And then for Nebraska, uh, I'm going plus seven and a half, man. I think, I think we're in this one. I know you guys have a bad feeling about this. Yep. I actually don't. I could be wrong. Yep. Um, but I actually have a good feeling about this. I think we're going to... Going to show some stuff that we haven't seen yet uh, out of these guys. I hope yeah. we're wrong, Drew. Yeah, I, I hope, hope you guys um, are too. I forgot to give my Nebraska pick. Oh, yeah. I've got, I've got the unders, uh, well, 49 yeah, I mean, and a half. Come on, man. Uh, like Everybody said, and their grandma will take the unders this Yeah, I, well, you know. But hey, you know. That's gambling for you. Right. The number is what the number is. So your grandma likes to gamble. No big deal there. Exactly. Um, what do you guys got for your uh, last word of the, of the episode? Uh, wrap this one up. What are you guys thinking? Uh, give me your last little thoughts on uh, what we're seeing here. Well, for Nebraska, it's nut-cutting time. We're going to yeah. find out what they're made of. It's, it's, a, it's a big game. It's going to be a big moment. It's going to determine kind of the future su- success yeah. of the team. Mm-hmm. And if we can pull this out and go 5-2 and two into a bye week with Indiana coming up, I think we're going to be in a really good spot. So yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping for the best, but – We'll see what happens. Yep. Yep. True. For me, it's put up or shut up time. I think this is two really well-matched teams. We're on the road. They're top 25. This is a, a way better precedence to set versus like us at home versus Ohio State, you know, and all that stuff. Right. This is a true blue, good matchup, hard-nosed battle, two solid teams going at it. Uh, I, think, uh, I think we get the dub here. Yeah, um, and I follow the same sentiment as you guys. Uh, it's you know, it's put up or shut up, and I think this game's going to tell us a lot about this team and a lot about this coaching staff. Um, if they're going to have them ready to go on the road in adverse conditions and come out of there with a victory, I, and you know, it doesn't need to be uh, you know, offense doesn't need to come out and have four hundred yards and score no. thirty points. All that needs to happen is a W. That's yeah. it. When at the end of the day. What goes up on the record? A W or an right. L? And that's the only thing that I'm going to judge this next game on. I don't care how it's done, by hook or crook. Yes. Come out with the fucking win. Go Big Red.